Welcome to the Trademark Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to hear our message today. Another thing we would love is for you to join us in person, whether that's live, online, or if you're local to DFW, come visit our location in Fort Worth, Texas. For service times, location, and everything you need to know, visit trademark.church. We hope today's message encourages you and helps you live a more fulfilling life in Jesus. We've been in a series the last few weeks. Pastor Lannon's been challenging us as a church, challenging us to maybe take the perspective that we have of God and begin to lift it a little higher. What does it mean to have a high view of God? A high view of God. And you know, it's, it's been awesome. This message, the last few weeks has been challenging and awesome. And I think it's good for us as Christians to take the time to lift up our eyes and really look at how we view God. Do we have a high view of God or are we constantly trying to be, bring God down to our level? And you know, if, if we're honest, as Christians, we're often drawn to the messages that relate to us, what we're going through. They speak to our struggles, they speak to our difficulties, they speak to the challenges we're facing, maybe speak to just the circumstances and our responsibilities with family and friendships, and that's okay, that is okay. This whole Bible speaks to the heart of every one of those matters. God wants to talk about your family and your situation and your circumstances. But it is so good for us to take time to lift up our eyes and begin to look at the glory and the majesty and the holiness of our infinite, eternal God. It's important for us to do this. A.W. Tozer says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the single most important thing about us because it determines every aspect of our lives, what we think about God. This morning I read a Psalm right at the end of worship and we're gonna take a minute this morning and we're gonna look at this Psalm. It's a Psalm of David, it's one of my favorites. It's beautiful, it's powerful, it is so, so wonderful. And we're just gonna dive into this Psalm and and, and look at it and if I'm gonna be Honest, I love the Psalms. I love reading through the Psalms. Probably the Psalms and and Proverbs are the two books that I have read through and through the most in my life. And and I think it's mostly because I had leaders in my life when I was in older elementary and, and you know, through my high school years who encouraged me, read the Psalms and Proverbs. And Actually, I remember one of them saying a Proverbs a day will keep the stupid away. And so I was like, oh, okay. And um, so I read through Proverbs pretty, pretty daily and read through Psalms consistently. And, but when reading through the Psalms, one of the things that I found is I found myself drawn to the Psalms that David wrote. 
And I think part of it is because, you know, he's a beautiful psalmist and songwriter, powerful, um, but also just so raw and real. And I think oftentimes we can think that there's not reality to following God, but we can see it so clearly in the Psalms that David writes. And, and the other thing that I love about it is that we know David's story. <laughs> we get to hear what his thoughts, his prayers, his emotions, the rawness, but we also know David. <laughs> we know his background. We followed him, we've seen his pictures, we know what he looks like. We, we know about the stories of Goliath and the great moments where he defeated him, he became king, the victories that he won for his people, these incredible God-filled moments, but we also know about that affair. And we know about when he murdered someone. And we know about when, when he struggled in darkness and doubted and all the difficulties that he faced and walked through and lost a child. We know all of these things, which to me makes it so powerful when we dive and read into the Psalms because we're able to see what it looks like when someone who's gone through a lot of stuff, ups and downs, praises the Lord. The other thing that I love is not only do we get to see David, the raw and realness, but as we read the Psalms that he writes, we see the character of God reflected in his Psalms. We see that no matter what he faced, what his perspective and idea of God was, he had this amazing relationship with God. And so we're gonna look at this Psalm, Psalm 139, if you wanna turn in your Bibles or on your electronic Bibles. And it's truly beautiful. But beyond the beauty is the depth of revelation about who God is we see in this Psalm. And there are three things that we can see in this Psalm that David is showing, um, telling about, declaring about the character of God. And those three things are that God is omniscient. God is omniscient. And David's also talking about that God is omnipresent. And he's also addressing the fact that God is omnipotent. Omnipotent. You know what? Most of us have probably heard that God is omniscient. God is omnipotent. God is omnipresent. And, and maybe have some understanding, and I'm not even going to try to pretend I'm gonna stand up here today and give you the full depths of that because there's no way for us to. It is an incomprehensible thing to understand that. But what I am gonna encourage you to do is to think about it. The Bible encourages to consider the works of God, to meditate on it. To meditate means to chew on, to let it sit with you. And see if as we sit with these characteristics of God, if possibly we get a glimpse into what it is to serve an omnipotent, 
omniscient, omnipresent God. Warren Wearsby, and I, I am quoting a lot of theologians today because they are theologians. And, um, but Warren Wearsby, he wrote, wrote about this psalm specifically. What we think about God and our relationship to him determines what we think about everything else that makes up our busy world. Other people, the universe, God's word, God's will, sin, faith, obedience. Wrong ideas about God will ultimately lead to wrong ideas about who we are and what we should do. And this leads to a wrong life on the wrong path toward the wrong destiny. In other words, theology, the right knowledge of God, is essential to a fulfilled life in this world. David contemplated God and wrote for us a psalm whose meaning can only encourage us to be in a right relationship with him. A right relationship with him. So let's look at the psalm. Psalm 139, we're gonna read verses one through six first. He writes, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up? You know my thoughts even when I'm far away? You see what, me when I travel and when I rest at home? You know everything I do. You know what I'm gonna say even before I say it, Lord? You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. What David is talking about here is the fact that God is omniscient. God is omniscient. What does omniscient mean? having complete or unlimited knowledge, awareness, or understanding, perceiving all things. God knows everything, like everything. God knows everything. I want you to think about this with me for a minute. God knows everything there is to know. Unlimited knowledge, unlimited understanding, unlimited discernment. God is the source of all things, the author of all things, the creator of all things. Therefore, he knows all that can be known. He knows it all. Psalm 147 verse four says that he determines the number of stars in the sky and calls them each by name. He has named all the stars. He knows each and every one of them. But he also knows, Matthew tells us, the number of hairs on your head currently. <laughs> and maybe they were a little less than they were before and that's okay. God still knows. He knows all. A.W. Tozer says, God knows instantly and effortlessly all matters, all matter, all matters, all mind and 
every mind, all spirit and all spirits, all being and every being, all creaturehood and all creatures, every plurality and all pluralities, all law and every law, all relations, all causes, all thoughts, all mysteries, all enigmas, all feelings, all desires, every unuttered secret, all thrones and dominions, all personalities, all things visible and invisible in heaven and in earth, motion, space, time, life, death, good, evil, heaven, and hell. God knows it all. He knows it all. He knows everything, everything there is to know in this world. God knows. Our knowledge as human beings Friend, we are so limited. We are so, so limited in our knowledge and our understanding because we're limited. We're limited by our location. We're limited by our experiences. We're limited by our resources. We're limited by so much. We're limited by our background. We're limited by our opportunities. We, our perspective, our time, we are limited. But God's knowledge is unlimited. And you know what? This gives me great comfort. This gives me great comfort, and it should you too, that God knows all. He knows the answers. He knows the truth. He knows the right time and the right place and the right person. He knows all. So I trust God. Can I just say that we, in our current society, if we're honest, have been conned and convinced that because we have access to so much knowledge that we know more than we know. We think we know a lot because we've got access to a lot of knowledge. We, we've, it, but it, it, It's just not true. It's not true. Our knowledge is limited. And you know, we have access to this knowledge at the tips of our fingers, and it can kind of give us a sense of power and a sense of security even, but the knowledge is so confusing right now, right? We have access to all this scientific data, scientific research, or, or opinions, and polls, and people, and all this, but the truth is, everybody's contradicting everybody. Like, it is so hard to figure out, are eggs good, or are eggs bad? Is salt good, or is salt bad? Because you talk to leading experts in the health field, and they would stand against one another, and say the complete opposite thing. And you know what's gonna happen? In 10 years from now, we're gonna discover something else that totally limits the belief that we had 10 years earlier. We were totally wrong. Those mustache commercials and milk, I don't think they were right. We evolve and we learn, but you know what? God knows it all. He knows it all. 
He knows everything. Above trusting some sort of media platform, above trusting some political party or some poll or some person, I'm gonna trust God. I'm gonna trust God because he knows what they could only dream of knowing. God knows everything. And then I love what David is writing here because he's speaking of our omniscient God that knows everything, but he's not just writing God knows everything. He's saying God knows me. God knows me. And that is a humbling thought that God knows me. He searches my heart. He knows my heart. He knows my thoughts even when they're not in my head yet. He knows everything I'm gonna say before I say it. He knows everything about me. Can I, I will just say, I trust God with myself more than I trust myself with myself. Because the truth is, and I know we don't love to hear this, but we don't know what's best for ourselves all the time. The Bible actually says that the heart is deceitful. Our hearts, our desires, our, the things we think that we know, that we know about ourselves. God says, uh-uh, honey, I know better. I know what you really want. And I don't know about you, but I have been in those moments where I thought that I knew that I knew this was what I wanted and nobody could convince me otherwise. And just to realize that was not what I wanted. When I was in my early 20s, I, I was dating a guy and he, I can genuinely say, he was the desire of my heart. Everything I wanted. I wanted to marry him. I wanted to be with him. He was the deepest desire of my heart. I mean, you cannot convince me otherwise. He was all I ever wanted. <laughs> I mean, really, nobody can convince me otherwise. I wanted him. He was, I prayed, God, let it work out. Let it, let it happen between us. And my parents were against it, which makes you, you know, I want it even more. I would pray, I'd go to God all the time. God, just let everything work out and let us figure this out. We just weren't good for each other. We had a lot of unhealthy things, but man, he, I, he genuinely was the desire of my heart. Thank God. Oh my gosh. I think about this, I'm like, thank God he did not give me the desires of my heart that I thought were the desires of my heart because my heart did not know at the time that I needed a Chandler Boyce. Yeah. And the life that I would have led, I, I, I look back and I'm like, oh man. But I learned a big lesson through that. I no longer pray my will. I pray his word and I pray his will because he knows me better than I know myself. And you may be fighting for what you think is you and it isn't really you. 
This is why we surrender to God and we trust him. It's not because he's domineering, it's because he knows you. He knows you. He knows all things. He sees you completely and who you are. There is nothing about him that, or nothing about you that shocks him. No past skeleton, no hidden sin, no hidden motive, no hidden agenda, no hidden thought, no weakness, no character flaw. God knows you through and through and still places his hand of blessing upon you and calls you son or daughter. He knows you. God is omniscient, which means we can trust him completely, friend. Psalm 139, seven through 12 says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even darkness, even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day and darkness and light are the same to you. What David is addressing here is that God is omnipresent. He is omnipresent. What does this mean? Omnipresent means present everywhere at the same time. He is everywhere, everywhere. God is everywhere. Proverbs 15 verse three says, the Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. He's watching. And you know, maybe you're the kind of person that, that like kind of weirds you out a little bit, I don't know. It's like, I am always being watched by God. God is watching me. I actually was reading in this, these commentaries that it was common in the Victorian era that there was like a painting or a poster put up in kids' walls with a giant eyeball. And underneath it, it said, thou Lord sees you. I was like, wow, that's intense. Oh, or maybe you don't like that idea. If I'm gonna be honest, I don't like the idea of always being watched. I'm the kind of person, if I download an app and they're like, location on always, or just when the app's running, I'm like, why would I wanna give you my location at all times? I don't want you to know where I am at all times, no. Just when I'm running the app. But then it's like, and then the things like this creep me out, that you, you, you say something and passing to someone and then you go home and you get on your phone and have like 20 ads that are addressing what you talked about. And you're like, oh my gosh, they're watching. <laughs> the other day I went to, uh, to Costco for the first time. I had never been to Costco and I went with a few friends to pick up some stuff for church. Oh yeah, Costco gets a shout out. <laughs> I mean, it should, it's pretty amazing, I'm not gonna lie. But, so we walk in, I'm like, ooh, Costco, and I get a, a buzz on my phone, and I'm like, and you guess who it is? 
Sam's. I have never once in my life got a text from Sam's. But Sam's is like, hey, how you doing today? We've got some deals over here, swing by. And I'm like, Sam's just text me. They know I'm at Costco. It's crazy. But truly, it's an amazing thing when you begin to think about and contemplate the fact that God is everywhere, present at all times, watching over us. It's honestly the only way he could actually be omniscient and all-knowing. He'd have to be everywhere (laughs) to know everything. So I want you to think about this with me. God is present with us now, and he's present on the throne in heaven. He's present in churches all around the world right now, and he's also present with every individual on the planet, unaware, avoiding, or running from him right now. In the darkest of situations, the most hidden or obscure places, he is there. He's present in the microscopic and the minuscule, and he's present in the macroscopic and majestic. He is present in the mundane and the ordinary, and he is present in the memorable and the extraordinary. God is everywhere. He is present with me up on this platform as I preach, but he's also present with you in your seat as you listen and receive. He's just as present to the person on your right or the person on your left, the person sitting in front of you or behind you. He is present with my daughter upstairs while I'm not there to watch over her. He's present with my husband as he travels this weekend. He's present with my sister and her husband as she's overseas. He's present with my family when I can't be close to them. He is present everywhere. He is currently present with my grandma as she lay bedridden every day getting closer to see the face of Jesus. He is present with us. Friend, he is present with you sitting here, but he is also present with that husband that refused to come this morning. He is present with your child while they're with your ex-husband or your ex-wife. He is present with your family, your mother who's far from God, your child that's running from God. He is present with us all. He is present, and that thought, it gives me great peace that he is with us. And I love this because David is writing, it's not that just that God is present everywhere, but God is with me. God is with me. He is with me. Wherever you go, whatever you do, God is with you. He promises over and over in his word, friend, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Why? Because he can't. He is always with you. This is who God is. 
Tozer describes the presence of God, that God is our environment. Just as the sea is to fish or the air is to bird, so is God to us. He is surrounding, encompassing, in front, behind, all around us, within us. That is our God. In the greatest of victories, the darkest of moments, best of days, worst of days, when you're scared, worried, confused, when you're grieving, depressed, or hurting, when you're alone, isolated, in sin, sickness, heartache, divorce, when you're trying to hide, trying to run, trying to rebel, trying to get away, friend, you cannot escape the ever-pursuing, loving, faithful presence of God. He is with you. He is with you. Richard Rohr says, we cannot attain the presence of God because we are already in the presence of God. What is absent is awareness. What is absent is our awareness. And man, make this your prayer as you go through the day, as you go through the week, God, make me more aware of you. Make me more aware. And then Psalm 139, 13 through 16, David writes, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. All the ladies say yes. Yeah. I love this. Your workmanship is marvelous. It's amazing. Uh, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment laid out before a single day had passed. Let's go ahead and have the, the band come up. But can I say this, this passage of scripture right here is the foundation of why we believe that conception is the start of human life. It's the beginning of human life. This is one of the anchor scriptures of why we believe that. Because how can you argue, argue with the fact that you were knit together in your mother's womb by the hands of God? How beautiful is that? What this is addressing is, David's talking about the fact that God is omnipotent. What does omnipotent mean? Omnipotent means almighty or infinite power Unlimited authority. I want you to think about this with me. God has all power and all authority. He is able to do anything and everything. He is the creator of all things. God has limitless power, limitless authority. God being the self-existent creator 
because he had no creator, is actually the source of all power. All power comes from him. This is what we say when we say God is almighty. He is all powerful. Our El Shaddai, he is God, omnipotent, all powerful. So what does this mean? He has, God is all powerful. He has the power to heal the sick. He has the power to raise the dead. He has the power to part oceans, to rain down manna from heaven, to multiply five loaves and two fishes and feed thousands, to break down walls, to win battles, to cast out demons, to bring life from a lifeless womb, to conquer death, hell, and the grave. He has power to create something out of nothing and the power to redeem our lives and save our souls from the depths of hell. This is the God we serve and that just scratches the surface of the power that our God has. He is all powerful. What would change in our lives? if we walked around knowing that we serve an all-powerful God. We serve a God that can do anything. Suddenly fear can't stand. Suddenly worry begins to bow a knee. Suddenly sickness is less daunting. We serve an all-powerful God, omnipotent. I love this passage in Isaiah, in the Message Bible. Isaiah 40, 25 through 31 says, So who is like me? Who holds a candle to me, says the Holy God. Look at the night skies. Who do you think made all this? who marches the armies of stars out each night, counts them all off, count, calls each by name, so magnificent, so powerful, and never overlooks a single one. Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine Israel, O people of God? Saying God has lost track of me, he doesn't care what happens to me, don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. He lasts. He, he's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to catch his breath, and he knows everything inside out. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh strength to the dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out, young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon the Lord, God get fresh strength. They spread their wings, soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and do not lag behind. God. He is all-powerful, creator of all things. And I love the, what David's saying here is, it's not just that God is the creator of everything. It's that 
created me. He created me. And he called me wonderful. And we don't have time to get into this, but he continues on and, and he writes in Psalm 139, 17 through 18. How precious are your thoughts towards me. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. I want you just to think about this as you leave today and as you go into your week. This omniscient, all-knowing God, this omnipresent that he's with us and he's everywhere. This omnipotent, all-powerful, almighty God that we serve. He thinks about you. You're on his mind constantly. By, by the writing of this, I would say he's kind of obsessed with you. He's obsessed with you. He loves you so much. You are on his mind. You know what I think about how often some, when someone I love, a friend or family member, just sends me a quick text and says, you're on my mind today. Hey, how's it going? What's going on? And how it lifts my spirit or encourages me or just makes me feel loved and seen. God is thinking about you constantly. And if you don't leave here with anything today, please know you are on his mind. You are on his mind. He is thinking about you. He is laying out paths for you. He is guiding you. He is whispering in your ear. He is with you. He is, you are on his mind. God is madly in love with you. We're gonna take a minute before we end and we're gonna take communion together. So if you wanna go ahead and grab underneath your seat, if you're in one of the front rows or in the seat back behind, in front of you, And as we begin to take communion, I just want you to think about the thoughts that we just wrestled with, the thoughts we leaned into today. And the fact that an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, creator of all things, source of all things that he holds the galaxies in his hands would humble himself to the point to wrap himself in flawed and human flesh and come and live a perfect life show us what it is to live a perfect life, all to rescue and redeem us. Oh 
oh God, that we would begin to understand the depth of love that you have for us. Let that change us this morning. Let it, let it bring hope to the dark places. us this morning to see from a new perspective, a, a new view, maybe a little higher view, that God, your sacrifice was so big and so grand. I think it's why it's so hard for some people to even comprehend. Why would a God do that? because you are a creator. You are the lover of our souls. You are a father. Thank you, God. This little bread represents the body of Jesus that was broken and beaten on our behalf. Let's take this bread in remembrance of him. This cup represents the precious blood of Jesus that was poured out on our behalf. To wash away our sins, to give us victory. Thank you, Jesus. We take this in remembrance of you. Jesus. God, help open us, open up our eyes this morning to you and all you are. As we go through the week, remind us that you are with us, you see us, you know us. You're leading and you're guiding us if we'll just trust in you. And you have the power to give us victory in everything we're facing. You've given us the power and authority in your name, Jesus. We thank you for that today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen, amen. Thanks for listening to the Trademark Church Podcast. If this message inspired you today, feel free to share with friends, leave a rating, and subscribe so you don't miss any of our weekly messages. This podcast and everything that we do at Trademark Church is only possible because of the generosity of those that call Trademark Church home. If you would like to give to the work that God is doing through Trademark, please visit trademark.church. Thanks again for checking out the podcast, and we'll see you soon.